Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Everybody, I'm Rachel Benetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Benetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, and I'm doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. <laughs> Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for this? Sean Merriman, a one-hand back. Boom, boom, boom. Out go the lights. This is Lights Out with Sean Merriman. What's up, guys? We're back again on the Lights Out podcast with me, Sean Merriman. Uh, Got a Great guest today, former Dallas Cowboys strong and free safety. I didn't know now that he was moved over by Bill Parcells and asked to do more things. But Roy Williams, man, um, you know, came in in 2002, played safety there with the Dallas Cowboys. And one of my favorite guys to watch as I was coming in and drafted in 2005 was just coming downhill, man, and bringing the heat. I mean, this dude really, really brought the wood. And uh, what I call the last, one of the last of the dying breed where uh, you got guys who just come and and play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And somehow, some way, they implemented that damn horse collar rule. And, and that was uh, one of the guys I believe that they might have been targeting. Uh, at least he feels that way anyway. But he's doing a bunch of great stuff now. Just talking about uh, the Dallas Cowboys now, man, and, and what they're putting on film and, and the lack of effort um, and how the locker room is different than when he played and how the locker room and, and the team is playing now. Um, and so it's not – something that he's accustomed to and he's been accustomed to. And he said, it's a lack of effort. I said the same thing. They're just showing a lack of effort right now and got to get it together. So again, Roy Williams. Man, you still look like you can, you can come downhill a little bit right now. Oh, I can come downhill. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't ever going anywhere, man. You know, I, I you got that. You have to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and jump in it, man. Cause I got some stuff now. Cause I used to, uh, I used to watch you a lot, man, especially when I came into the league. And okay. you you always have like these, you know, guys you look at, no matter what position they are, but when they go out there and they start cracking skulls, you're like, man, I'm gonna watch that dude because that's you know, that anybody who guys like you who made me want to play football, man, was coming downhill, um, you know, just played the game the right way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, I look at the day's game now, and people ask me all the time, would I still be able to play? And I said, ah, probably not. I don't think so. You th- how, do you think you can play in the day's game? No, I can't. I won't bet. 
would uh yeah because these rules you know you you wanted to see them to taking care of guys right you don't want to see anybody get hurt or injured you know all the helmet to helmet stuff great i got it you want to protect guys as much as possible possible but hell man at the same time still it's still football you know you got to let guys go out and play oh for sure i mean it's it's tough i mean it's I actually had some troll on Insta or on Twitter talk about um, he posted a, a old 07 or 06 clip of Don McNabb and a horse collared him. And he was like, oh, you're a dirty player. And I decided to lay into him. You know, I had to let him know, like, look, first off, um, my first five or six years in the league, the horse collar wasn't even a thing. And I said, it's crazy how in the 100 years that the football has been around, all of a sudden, the NFL wants to deem that a dirty play, and now I'm a dirty player. So what about the guys that came before me? Are they dirty players too? Like, come on. Like, come on, dog. Like, right. They're trying to get rid of me. <laughs> Do you know You know they always need an excuse. They always need a reason. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. But, you know, I that, gave him one. I gave him one. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you, okay, so, so this is the thing. I always said this. I hate when, like, when, when a younger player, like, when I'm playing or something like that, or another guy that came in, like, during our area, era, and you have a guy that played, like, in the early 90s, and they'll say, oh, these guys are soft nowadays and this and this. I was like, dude, look, t- the game's moved on, you know, and I always looked at the older guys as haters, right? Like, come on, dude, like, the game, okay, yeah, the game's changed, but there's no need to really come and step down on the guys in today's game. But now me being retired, you know, for all these years, I'm looking at the game now, and I'm like, man, those that's soft. They can't call that. So I now I'm putting myself in the same situation as as one of the older guys. I'm like, damn, did I did I just get old real quick, or what happened? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's um, watching today's game. I mean, they just have to conform to the new rules. I I get that, but what I was I grew up on was Steve Atwater, yep. Ronnie Lott. You know what I mean? Darren Woodson, John Lynch. Those are the guys I got to watch. And Ronnie was leading with his forearm. What was I doing? Leading with my forearm. I mean, I was doing everything that I watched the guys before me do. And so nowadays, I mean, like, if you think about it, if you see a hard hit in the league now, the first thing a defender does, he looks up and he looks to the side, either to the left or right, wherever he's at or where the ref was at, to see if he got a 15-yard penalty. That's not football. Yeah. Sorry. That's not football. I, I what I say the same thing. And people don't understand that the you got a, a split second, right? So you're seeing a guy there, you see anybody catch the ball or run or whatever it is, and you got a split second to make a decision. And and, and what's going on in my head is I want this guy on the ground by any means necessary. If I gotta yeah. run through you, if I you know gotta hit you with certain parts of my head, whatever it is, I want this guy and you and you wanna punish him. And I and I wanna make the the distinction between trying to hurt somebody and then letting them know that you're there. You're not trying to go out and intentionally, you know, hurt anybody because they got families and they got a career. But if it's fair game, man, I'm shit. I'm getting you on the ground by any means necessary. Period. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the way. That's the way I played the game. It's by by any means necessary. I mean, I let my teammates knew. You can even get it. I'm sorry. Like, I, I mean, I had friendly fire a ton of times. It wasn't intentional, but, I mean, I hit Darren Woodson. I hit Terrence Newman. I hit Keith Davis. I hit Anthony Henry, Aaron Glenn. I mean, I hit a whole bunch of guys on accident, but they were, they were close. 
I got the other guy too, but you were just hey, you, you got hit by some friendly fire. No, I was just I was just about to say a friendly fire. Yeah. Yeah, but when you cross when you go in between those white lines, it is on. There ain't no I mean, there is no prisoners. I mean, you're out for I was out I was out. I can only speak for myself. I was out for blood. Right. No, 100%. So I, I came in, I was drafted in 05. And see, I don't know if you knew this or not, but you know I was supposed to be drafted by you guys when you were when you were playing. So Really? Yeah, so what happened was right before the draft, you guys got that. You didn't make a wrong pick. You got DeMarcus Ware. I mean, don't get I mean, it wasn't like they made a mistake. But so when I came there doing the dra- before the draft, they brought in like their top 10 or 15 guys that they were looking at in the first round. Yeah. So they flew us all out to Dallas and I was there on my visit. And we're all in the locker room. You got all the guys end up going somewhere in the top 15. So I'm down yeah. there just everybody else. They're showing us the locker room, showing us the facility. And one of the things I saw on there, I saw uh, uh, who's the uh, Larry Allen. So we came in there and you guys working out one day. And we was in the gym. I'll lie to you not. I saw Larry Allen throw four plates on there. I didn't see him warm up. And he cranked that thing out four, like four or five at like at least 10 or 15 times. And I couldn't, okay. I couldn't believe my eyes. I said, "Holy shit! Is this is what I, this is what I have to face when I get up here? This is wild." I didn't know how strong he was. So we go through the gym, and while watching all the guys work out, I'm seeing everybody up close for the first time. So we walk through the locker room, and next thing I know, somebody came and grabbed me from downstairs, and they said, "Hey, um, uh, Parcells and Jerry Jones, they want to see you upstairs." So first thing you you know you think that when something happens, I said, "Okay, what did I do wrong?" Right, <laughs> the first thing to go through my head, I'm like, okay, what, what did I do wrong? Because everybody else downstairs, they said they want to yeah. see you up in the office. So I said, okay, cool. He walked me upstairs, and Jerry Jones and Bill Parcells are sitting there in the office, and we we get to talk, and they said, look, we got the eleventh pick of the draft. Now we don't think you're going to be there at eleven. We think you'll be somewhere in the top five, top eight. And I said, okay, cool. But they said, if if you're there by the eleventh pick, we're going to draft you. And I was sitting there like, oh, you know, I didn't think that they were going to tell me the way they did. They said, no, no, no. If you're there by 11 pick, we're going to draft you. I'll never forget Bill Parcells. The first thing he said to me, he said, Sean, when you get here, I'm going to work the hell out of your ass. And so I'm thinking in my head, I'm I'm 20 years old, man. I'm like, I'm not trying to come in and play for no damn Bill Parcells. Cause you know, you, I heard you know you heard about him how he was and everybody else back in the day, and he coached uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor and, and, so, and a lot of great players, and sure. you would just hear how he went at everybody. And I got my first dose of of Bill Parcells in that office. He said, "Yeah, when okay. we draft you, soon as you get here, we're gonna work the dog piss out of you." And I was like, "Oh my yeah. god!" I was like, "Oh my!" So you played? I mean, you played for? How was he, man? Like. It was I, – I love Coach Parcells, man. Um, I didn't like the fact of when he came in, he, he literally just came up to me and was like, you're not going to be a one-dimensional safety. You're going to have to play cover two, which I can do that. I didn't like to do that because I like to pop my pads. I like to get in there and get messy with the big guys. Um, but, I, I mean, I did that. And, I mean, I was one of – I would say I was one of his guys. I, I truly was. I was his – style of play guy that he liked hard nose um brought the wood you know didn't have any quit any of that i was his guy i was one of his guys um and he used to always have these little sayings like one he would say he would say to uh tony romo so he would say you're like a a, a football in high weeds you're lost or <laughs> 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 he would have he would have all these little sayings man and he used to always tell me 
it was me, only a few people, me, Larry Allen, and uh, like Darren Woodson. And he used to always come up to us and just whisper, I got one good fight left in me. Don't make me use it on you. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, but that was coach. And back to Larry Allen, that was Larry's warm up, without a doubt. I, I experienced the same thing that you experienced. He'll throw three, four plates on there. Boom, 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 boom. Done. You know what I mean? And um, but that was just Larry. Larry was a he was a different animal. And I'm. There was one time we were uh, practice. I was blitzing from Larry's uh, left. I was coming from the right. He was. On, I was coming on his left. He literally, shit you not. He all he did was he was back in the stance, and all he did was like this. And I swear to God, I flew about five yards sideways in the air. Mary was so so damn strong, dude. It's crazy. It, it was it was next level, and that so I think it was it was either two thousand five or two thousand six or two thousand seven. I, I believe you guys had at least five or six plus Pro Bowlers on that on that team. Mm-hmm. Right, it was, yeah. it was one one of the years, and I'm kind of seeing what's what's going on there now, and I understand it the way it looks to me with with, with the Cowboys is that they're not playing for the coach, like I or, or the coaching staff. Or whatever that is, but you know, I've been on teams where, you know, you got Lorenzo Neal, Ladanian Thomason, Philip Rivers, um, Nick Harwood, Chris Dill, you know, all these guys that Jamal Williams. Like, if you wasn't doing what you're supposed to do, the the players kind of control the locker room. So, how how was it when you guys were playing? If something was going on right now with the team, because that that didn't happen when you were there. If something no. like that was going on right now, what what would that locker room be like? The locker room. I mean, you. You don't let family business outside the locker room. That's football one-on-one. That's code. You know what I mean? You just don't – you don't air out family business, regardless of what the situation is. That's just the way I was brought up. Today's age and what's going on now with the Cowboys is, I mean, there is – I think the coaches lost the locker room. And they're – I mean, they're at a disarray. It's like, nope. It's basically players versus coaches, the way I'm feeling. You know what I mean? And yep. their their play is rebelling, regardless of the outcome of the games and how they how they're looking. I'm sorry, I couldn't step on the field and and look like that. I'm even if we're getting beat, I'm gonna be roughhousing all the way to those double zeros in the fourth quarter. I don't care what it is, but what they're doing right now in the football field is, I mean, it's a disgrace to them. It's a disgrace to the organization, and it's a disgrace to um, to the coaching staff. I don't know what needs to happen. I don't know if the coaches need to be relieved or some of the players need to be relieved, but somebody needs to drop that hammer and let it be known, like, this is unacceptable. I mean, <clears throat> every NFL team, any given Sunday, like we all know, can can win, but they can't win the way the Cowboys have been losing. Like, I mean – it's it's very sad to watch them no effort. Like how do you how do you suit up on an NFL team and not have zero effort? You know what I mean? Like at what, yep. at what point does somebody just get a fifteen yard penalty just to social aggressive to get 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 everybody fired up? Hi everybody, I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it. Odds are you'll find me there. 
Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great. I'm also doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. We want to hear from you, fans of the NFL. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it? Please, for the love of Roger Goodell, do not tell me. I can be held accountable. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. No doubt. And, 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 I, and I said the same thing. And I, and I remember I remember that when we started off one and three in, uh, in, in 2000, I believe it was 2007, one, just one and three. I mean, Philip Rivers, we, we kicked all the coaches out, the meeting room, and we got after it. I mean, you got guys mother effing each other, point, you know, we got after each other. And that, to me, all the great teams, and we finished up 13, I believe 13 and three that year. But to me, that's what the great teams do. Like the players – always ran the locker room like we had coaches that everybody didn't agree with or didn't like as much or whatever but as you said like that film is still on so whatever yeah. you put on film whether you're gonna play, be playing for the team or not like that next team looking at you dogging it on the play not running sideline to sideline or quitting or getting blocked and being okay with it and what pissed me off the most is when andy dalton got hit right when that late hit for me yeah. If somebody was to hit Phillip Rivers, then it would have been a fight. I would have got a, I would have got a fight. I would have got ejected. Something was going to happen. Well, that very next play, if he wasn't ejected, uh, we were coming after him. Period. Because yeah. we wasn't, we wasn't going to let that slide. Exactly, without a doubt. I mean, I'm surprised the offensive lineman didn't run over there and jump on top of dude. Like, I mean, I mean, if that, sorry, Dak is out. You know what I mean? Now he's quarterback one. You have to do everything to protect him. You know, regardless of how the season's going, how the game's going, that forget quarterback one. That's your brother. Yep. You know what I mean? That's family. I don't I don't care if I didn't get along with somebody, but that's my guy. You know what I mean? And ain't I I mean, just because I pick on him, I don't like him, I, that doesn't mean you can mess with him. Like, and there that's not there. Like the the togetherness, the familyness, the brotherhood, I mean that to me it's out the window. Like, I mean, nobody got, I mean, 
we fighting. It's like those fighting words. Like we fight. percent. <laughs> Lights out. Let's yeah. go. Ding ding. Let's go. No, it was it, it was on. It, it was on. But that that to me that told me a lot on what the team was and how they felt about each other because even if we get not ass kicked out there, you hit the quarterback late and you that kind of hit man where you can change somebody's career type of yeah. type of deal. That game is not going to be able to resume. Like we, it's going people getting ejected, people getting fined, and we all going to be happy about it to let it be known that it's not going down like this. But when yeah. you, when guys are out there and you're okay, like I look at the sidelines out there and I see nobody yelling at each other. I see nobody getting in each other's faces, like nothing. And on top of that, as you said before, you got you got guys that are airing out, um, you know, family business, locker room business to reporters that we all know that's a no no and. One thing that I always try to tell players that if you're talking to a reporter or somebody on the side, you got to understand they have a more of a allegiance with the ownership and the front office. So you think that that's going to be a one-on-one conversation? They're going to go back up and tell who it is. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Even when they tell, even when they tell you they're not. Even when they tell you that they're not going to go up and wait. Oh, it's between us. It's never between us. They no. got that allegiance to that general manager to that owner, and they will literally do everything they can to find out which player it was that are leaking, leaking the business. Yeah, and they should be gone, yep. straight up. I mean, that's just how I feel. I mean, it's just writers, writers right and wrong is wrong, and that, that they were all in the wrong. I don't care what happens. I don't care if you get cut. You know what I'm saying? You still don't talk about things that you have. I mean, there should be some type of confidentiality within – your brotherhood, you know what I mean? Like, for instance, <clears throat> there was a play like in 07 or 06, 07, I think it was 07, that I get blamed for and I, I take the blame and I would never mention the guy's name whose fault it really was. Like, I mean, I took all the blame. Like, I mean, from that day on, I was deemed a person that couldn't cover, I couldn't do this. And it wasn't even my man. I was in switch coverage, and I had to tight end over ten yards. And they, which the team did. I mean, they literally ran the tight end twelve yards right in, right by me. So I had to take them. You know what I mean? And so I got blamed for um, the deep ball. I mean, they they came back. It was Washington Redskins. They came back and beat us. Santana Moss went over the top, and I had Chris Cooley, and I get blamed for it. And I don't even I don't even mention my teammate's name that that had him you know what i mean it's like no nah, i'll take it i'll eat it i mean whatever as long as you guys know that that wasn't my responsibility but i'll take it and i still need to talk about my teammate that whose man it really was i don't even say his name it's i mean that's just cold you know what i mean and, but that's what but that's what not only good teammates do but good teams do you know what i'm saying like yeah. nobody nobody's going to come out the first thing if we if we lose something like that I, I, the first thing i would come out and say look i need to get to the quarterback you know, the quarterback had too much time. It's not that all the blitz was this. And, you know, I've seen a couple of guys came out of the locker room uh, on the defense side of the ball for the Cowboys. And they he basically said that the, uh, that the defense is too complex, right? That they need to, like, dumb down the defense, which he probably which he probably was right. I mean, 100%, he probably was right in what he said, that they need to let guys go out and play football. And I had, um, I had Wade Phillips on just a few weeks ago. And Wade, you know, Wade's my guy, man. I love Wade. For I, I still say, look, Wade put me in so many great positions to go out and make plays. 
But yeah. I knew the first time that the quarterback had too much time or somebody had too many passing yards on us, I was like, look, man, we, we gotta get to the we gotta get to the quarterback. Or I gotta get to the quarterback. And that's what good teams do. Not throwing guys under the bus, man. This is I, I don't think I've ever seen, especially from from the Cowboys, man, and just the defenses you guys had. And I still talk to the Marcus Ware here and there too. And the type of teams you guys had from like oh two on to I think it was like 2008 or nine or something like that, where you guys just stacked, had a ton, had a ton of talent, and yeah. I never seen anybody on that on that team that you guys had put what's being what's being put on film right now. What's going on right now is just atrocious. It is. It, I mean, it, it's it's difficult to watch. I mean, it, it's at the end of the day, even if the defense is complex, at the end of the day, the rules of a defense is tackle the ball carrier. And there is no excuse for effort when it comes to being a complex defense or not. All you got to do, you know what? Go to the ball and go tackle the ball carrier. Regardless of the yardage that they get or a negative play that you, you make, doesn't even matter. At the end of the day, it's X's and O's, tackle the ball carrier. Instead of, you know, saying that it's coaching, making it too complex, how about you reach in between your legs, See if you feel anything, and if you do, you need to man up. I mean, that's just the way. That's just the way I was brought up. I had Mike right. Zimmer. You know what I mean? I had Mike played. Zimmer. Dude. Yeah. I had. I had. Um. I had broken pieces of a nose from a punter's nose in my knee, and, and it was hurting like crazy. And you know what Mike Zimmer said? He said, "You all right?" He was like, "You fucking right. You all right? Get your ass back in the game." Broken knee. I had broken pieces of cartilage from a punter's knee in my knee and he was still put me back on the field i mean that's just the way it was right i mean i did i mean <laughs> came up to my coach no shoot man up let's go you got you know to man I mean? but but see that's why I, and, and that's the way i i knew about it I, you put fingers back in place you dislocate your shoulder you go on the sideline bite a towel put that thing back in place you run back on the field you know that's the mentality we had and i and i'm trying to stay away from being the old guy now like hey you guys yeah. are soft you don't, you don't want to do that but it's like man you got these guys with big contracts you know and i love to see guys get paid with demarcus lawrence got that contract yeah i was i was i don't even know him that well or whatever being a, a former defensive player and you, you see somebody score that big you like yo yeah. that's that's out, that's outstanding. You love to see guys get paid. But then you see I'm going out there and, and go several weeks without getting sacked. You're like, yo, listen, <laughs> you better go earn that money, dog. You know, because you, exactly. you, you know, you're messing it up for other people. You know, they're going to stop yeah. paying guys if you disappear. Yeah, they're going to claw that back if you don't if you don't produce. I mean, I'm all for guys getting paid. I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's a long time coming. Um, but your play, honestly, your pay has your play has to back it up. You know what I mean? And your effort has to back it up and your leadership has to back it up. And those three things have not been displayed through the organization thus far. Um, every game that they played, I mean, it hasn't, they have no leadership. They have no heart. They have no desire. They have, they have nothing right now. They're just guys out there on the football field running around with their heads cut off. That's just what, how, that's how do they fix that there. though? What, what, and you're like, what do they? You get rid of coaches at that point? You start getting rid of guys? Like, what? What need to happen? I honestly don't know how you fix the number one problem starting off with, and that's heart. How do you? How do you fix? How do you fix heart? How do you fix effort? Like, 
I mean, that's why I said the coach, it's way past the coaches. I mean, it's the locker room is lost because at the end of the day, I don't know why. And they may have these conversations, but even if they have these conversations, their play and the film that they um, they leave for the next opponent, they see no effort. They see no heart there. I mean, it's like, you know, when you see an offensive lineman that gives you some tips that, you know, you can, you know, um, take advantage of, you licking your chops. Every team right now on offense are licking their chops to play the Cowboys because they know that's an easy buck 50 rushing. That's a that's that's three bills passing. You know what I mean? They are licking their chops. It's like at the end of the day, you have to man up and play. I'm not I'm not being old school or anything. It's it's about pride at the end of the day. It's like the star that's on the side of your helmet, whatever team it is, or the name played on the back of your on your jersey, that should mean something. Like my when I played, my biggest thing was do not get embarrassed on national televised TV because I know my boy's going to climb me. Yep. And I do not want to let my family down. That was it. And I wanted to knock somebody out and laugh with Darren Woodson about it. That was <laughs> it. My rules, my stuff was simple. It was so simple. And they, they, don't, they don't have that fire. Like, I don't understand why they don't have that fire. Like, dude, I played nine years. That nine years went by so fast. Like, do not take these years for granted because you're not going to be able to give them back. So you have to make the most of every opportunity and every with every game that they play, they are letting opportunities slip away. It is hard to get to the playoffs. It is not an easy thing. And their play, I mean, it, it's just like they do not care. I don't know how you fix that. I truly don't. And, and the, it's not going to help from a, a coach's perspective because the coaches haven't done anything um, – thus far that proves to me that they're even uh, their relationships even salvageable, you know? So I don't know. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of sports illustrated weekly sports illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com. And now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A. to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? 
Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Our vast network has the NFL's best talent bringing you right into the action each week. There's always room to add more football into your podcast rotation, and our vast group of shows will surely keep you up to date with everything you need to know surrounding the National Football League. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council crazy yeah no it, it is crazy so uh what else you got going on man because i know you got the you got the security company right um yeah. so yeah t- tell me a little bit about it so um back so i rewind so when i was playing in dallas <clears throat> i always wondered why guys moved back to their college towns and there was an opportunity for me to go to columbus ohio and i seen eddie george at restaurants he had real estate and I was like, you know what, when I'm done playing, I'm going to move back to Oklahoma. I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen, you know. And so after I played my two years in Cincinnati, I moved back to Dallas. And I just I just felt like it was a dark cloud over Dallas, just the way how that whole thing ended. I was like, I'm, I got to go. So I left, packed my stuff, moved down to Oklahoma. And um, I was doing some sideline reporting at OU. Wasn't really for me because I didn't want to have to go back over from study, learn people's names. And I just didn't want to do it. Just couldn't do it. Um, and then I um, um, was talking to my cousin one day and I told him that I think I want to get some investment properties. And he was like, well, you need to meet one of my clients. And so I met um, Bill at one of his properties and we were talking and um, one thing led to another. He asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, I think I want to get some investment properties. I, I want to be in business. I want to be my own boss. And asked him what you know he was doing. And he was like, well, I own a security company before. I'm thinking about getting back into the security business and literally God put it on my heart to say, to speak. And I spoke and I said, um, well, do you want another partner? And he was telling me about, you know, his falling out with his partner. And I told him a little bit about my backstory as far as having some fallouts with some dudes back in Dallas. We met about six or seven different times and we started our company and we founded our company 2012. Around that time, we probably had about 20 employees we were operating about uh about three states and now today we're in 25 states and have over 2000 employees wow yeah that's big man so uh so how how can people look it up well how do you guys getting you know the bulk of your business like referrals or what's what's going on it's it's pretty much word of mouth okay because um, it, it's actual physical guards like so at a office building or the stadium or Anywhere you see security guards, um, that's pretty much the arena. And we don't we we stay away from like Seven Elevens and high risk areas where liability is high. So like nightclubs, Seven Elevens, just liquor stores, anything that um, has high risk and liability, we try to stay away from that. So um, we we do a lot um, across the different states, and we're. We actually have government contracts as well. 
Um, so we work for the government um, also, um, but um, globalsecuritycorporation.com is the website. Um, so, I mean, that's how you can easily, and I'm on LinkedIn and all the other social media stuff. So um, I'm easily accessible for sure. That's dope, man. I always try to tell guys, um, because it's not easy. I don't know if you had it, but my first two years, even I, I went straight into the broadcasting thing, I was still sitting back like it didn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know whether like mentally I couldn't move past the game right away or like I didn't know what it was. Maybe I felt like I, you see guys out there, you sitting on the couch like, yeah, I can go do that right now. You know, maybe you, you're watching guys and know you can still play. But I wasn't yeah. really comfortable, man, until about two years of being done. You know, even when I was behind the booth, and I, some, some days I didn't want to watch football. Uh, like, I didn't want to turn the TV on. I still had to talk about it. So I I watched just enough and knew, the, as you said before, the guy's name. So, I, you know, so God made a play. I can go and talk about it the next day. But I just didn't feel comfortable because those first two years, that transition, I don't know what it was for you, man. But for me, it was it was a little bit difficult. Yeah, well, for me, it was um, – honestly, the – the way I played was, I mean, I really didn't watch much football because I just loved to play the games. And I didn't really watch much film. I mean, not film, but like actual games. I studied my film, but as far as watching games, I just, that wasn't me. I just wanted to play football and have fun. That, that was literally it. And around 06, 07, when they implemented the horse collar tackle, I mean, that honestly sucked the life out of me for football. Um, I felt that, um, they were literally targeting me and I just felt, I just didn't, it wasn't fun for me anymore. It's like, it's like having a, a pit bull and you have that beware dog sign on the door and a burglar tries to come in and the, the dog attacks him, doesn't doing his job. And then you reprimand the dog. I mean, that's how I felt. It's like, dude, I came into this league. I was here to knock people out. And then all of a sudden now you guys want to penalize me for what you guys brought me here to do. Like, I mean, it just, it just wasn't fun anymore. So, you know, my, my last two years in Cincinnati, I mean, it was a, I was blessed to get two more years, but it just wasn't fun for me anymore. So when I retired, I was done. Like I was done, done. I didn't watch. I mean, I'd literally probably last year was the first year I really started just watching and just seeing schemes and see how they're, you know, attacking people. But, um, but no, I, I was done. Like I was so done. I mean, it's, Football is, and it's honestly to this day, football is really not even enjoyable to me to watch because it's not my style of football. I mean, it's it's a it's more of a fluff, fluff NFL than what I was brought up on. Well, do I tell you, man, the game, the game missed guys like you. I mean, coming up and, and being drafted in 05, um, and I think you came in 01, 02, right? 01 or 02, yeah. Two. 02, yeah. Two. And uh, just seeing you, and uh, just one of the guys I enjoy watching, man. So I appreciate you for coming on. And uh, I got to get out there, man, one of these days. I, I've been out there a couple of days, and uh, a couple friends of mine have uh, – they're in the casino business. They got that big casino out there. So okay. uh, I got I to gotta make my way out there sometime soon. Come on. Most definitely. I, I appreciate the love and respect, my brother. Uh, mutual respect for you as well. I mean, I <laughs> – <laughs> um, But you are – dude, you are more than welcome to come out here to Oklahoma. Um I got a lot of land out this way, and I mean, we can do a lot of hunting. Okay, let's down, do it. I'm in. We'll go. We'll go hog hunting with the dogs and nothing but knives, no guns. Uh, I'm knives. with it. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. All right, my man. Hey, appreciate you again, dude. Thank you.
Okay. Okay. You got it. Thanks, guys, for listening in. Another podcast on the Lights Out podcast with me, Sean Merriman. Uh, And that was great, man, to have Roy Williams on. He literally was one of the last of the dying breed of guys who came in before they started to implement a lot of the new rules in the NFL. Uh, As I always say, I don't want to be one of the old guys and say, oh, you know, the game is soft now. The game is different. I wouldn't necessarily call it soft, but the game is different. Guys like him, guys like me could not play in today's game. I can tell you that much. Uh, but he has a ton of great stuff going on. Has his security company in Oklahoma. He's also offered for me to come out there. I've never been hunting before, so uh, maybe my first hunting trip will be with Roy Williams, uh, one of my favorite players to watch. Again, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all the reviews. Uh, keep checking us out and uh, just leaving us leaving us comments and reviews, man. We're getting some great feedback, and we're gonna turn this thing up again next week. Thanks again. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.